Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. You know, my wife and I were talking, uh, I guess it was yesterday now, it was, uh, we were talking about, uh, you know, the, how we're a product of, of our upbringing, you know, uh, you know, whatever things are, um, you know, are, are kind of taught to us, you know, those are typically, uh, they have great influence in our lives, you know, we'll do certain things, even things we don't like sometimes based on, on, on our upbringing and stuff like that. But how many know that the same thing happens spiritually? You know, my wife was talking about um, my wife was talking about us being away at those meetings, and of course, we go to uh, uh, and I specifically go to uh, several meetings a year. Uh, Purpose in a heart. Actually, it's written in our board uh, our board minutes to that we should at least take uh, a, a few. Um, and I try to take anywhere up to I, I try to get away uh, as the spirit leads, but uh, I get away uh, at least up to four or five times a year. And, and, and that's no those aren't vacations, but I go sit in meetings and get fed the word myself, and I receive impartations. But as my wife was talking about that, I heard this in my spirit. I heard we are a product of our impartations. Hallelujah. And of course, that means spiritually speaking, but we are a product of the things that we receive spiritually. And so whatever, you, you know, we, we find this a lot as you, you know, many of you have been to churches, many of you have been to churches other than this church. And, and if you've been, ever been to other churches, you know, there's different flows and different things people do. But all of those things have kind of brought us to the place where we're at today. But as we come here today, you know, uh, we, we, we need to endeavor uh, to always receive of the impartations that God has for us right now. Uh, I want to share a scripture with you. It's over there in Romans, uh, Romans 1. Uh, it's, it's verse 11, and it says, For I long to see you that I may impart some spiritual gift to you, that you may be established. Amen? Uh, another way of saying that word established is, is to say uh, strengthened. And, and then Paul went on to say, he goes, that, that is that I may be encouraged together with, uh, with you while among you, each of us by the other's faith, both yours and mine. And so when we come together uh, as a church, we don't just come together, but we come together to build something. We come together to receive something. We come to, uh, together to receive of those impartations. One of the greatest things that I, or not greatest, but one of the big things that I've learned in my, in my walk is that our impartations have, have as much to do with us as they do with the one who's, who, who's, uh, the, the one who's preaching. Amen. And, and that's so important for us to understand that we, we have a part to play in it, how we come, how we uh, are going to partake of those things. Amen. And so we should not come to church uh, uh, the way we go to anything else. We shouldn't come to church the way we go to Walmart. Amen. We shouldn't go to come to church the way we go to work. Sometimes we we shouldn't even go to church the way we go home. The way we need to go go to church is despite everything else that's going on. You know, everything that's going on in your life will affect so many things. But when we understand what coming to church is for, coming to church uh, is for partaking of the impartation that the Lord has for us. Amen. And those impartations aren't because of me. They're not because of my wife. They're not because of any other minister or, or anyone in particular, but they're because of all of us, what God wants to do in our midst. Amen. Amen. 
praise the Lord. And, and that's kind of an exciting thing. So by that, what, what I mean is how do we come to church? One of the ways we come to church is with great expectation. Uh, expectation that God is going to move in our midst, that he's going to do things, that he wants to revive us, that he wants to take us into to things that we didn't uh, know before, see before, and all these things. Amen? And that's such a wonderful place to be. I, I, I love that because, uh, again, despite the one who's in the pulpit, you can always come with expectation if you're trusting God. In fact, uh, you know, I'm preaching this series in Mayville about... Um, about the fruits of the Spirit, amen? Uh, and, and I know most of you have tuned into that, but, uh, uh, and it would behoove you to continue to do so. But, uh, you know, when talking about love, one of the things that the Bible tells us about love is that it believes all things. And, and, and what, we, what we understood or we learned last week uh, and through studying that out is that literally that means it believes the best. Amen. And, and, and to not believe that believes the best in others, of course. And, and really, as I discovered that that love chapter, although there's parts of it that definitely can and should apply to the world, that that, that chapter is specifically written to Christians, for Christians, about Christians. Amen. And how our, our, our interactions with each other and walking in love. But we believe the best in love. And what that means is, is that if we, if we don't do that, it's actually a slight against God. Because it's saying, Lord, I don't believe in your redeeming power uh, in their life. Amen. And I, as I was preaching that, I was getting corrected because I thought of different scenarios where I thought, oh, that person ain't ever going to change. That person won't ever get help. Yeah. Praise the Lord. And see, that's it, just correcting me as well. And so, uh, but that comes, you know, coming together for impartations. And so let's come together with expectation to receive of God, despite the one who's there, despite our neighbors, despite what they're doing. Let's just come with expectation that God will do something in our midst. If we are where God has us planted, then we can grow there and we can grow there in faith and assurance that God will get things through to us. Amen? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, that's a good way to start. Um, it's free, no charge. Amen. Uh, that's the, the unpaid portion of this program. Amen. Glory to God. So without further ado, let us get into the paid programming. Amen. Glory to God. Today's message is called, In Whom Is He Pleased? Amen. And today we're going to be talking about this wonderful word that we all love in Christianity, a real good Christianese word that we call uh, uh, consecration. Praise the Lord, consecration. This is the this is one of the this is one of the the greatest things and one of the hardest things about being a Christian. Amen. This is the thing like what what consecration gives gets us and gets us to and in the positions it puts us in is wonderful. You know, I, I've shared with you as I was flying over to Norway uh, last year that the Lord uh, the Lord had spoken to me and He said the the things that I show the things which I show you will exceed the things uh, which you give up. Amen. And that blessed me so much because I'm like, you know, God was showing me. He's like, the things that he's going to show me uh, are, are really going to be so much bigger than what I, I even planned. And of course, we know over there in Ephesians 3.20, it says that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. Amen. And so, uh, uh, you know, that's an exciting thing. And I ran with that for a long time. And I got stirred up by that for a long time. I got excited by the fact that God wants to show me things and that those things are greater than the things I expected. But then I was reminded somewhere along the way that, uh, you know, part of, part of that is following the plan of God. And when you're following the plan of God, part of the big part of the following the plan of God is this thing called consecration. And consecration isn't something that's easy. Uh, uh, consecration is something that takes work. 
uh, consecration can be uh, can be uh, discovered in the in the phrase crucifying your flesh. And of course, we know that that's not something that's very enjoyable. And there's churches probably a lot of churches don't want, don't want to preach those kinds of things. You know, we don't want to preach about sin because God forbid we make somebody mad. And and I've just found that we got to preach things even when they make people mad. I don't like to preach things that make people mad. Just so you know, so I endeavor not to make you mad. So in case you didn't know, if you if you get stirred up by one of my messages I'm preaching and I make you really mad, just understand this. My goal was not to make you mad. So if I did, uh, glory to God, uh, that's, uh, I, we can either mark it up to one of two, chalk it up to one of two things. Either, e either I'm acting in the flesh and just being a jerk, or number two, Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit is working through me and getting things over to us that we need. A lot lately I've been thinking about the Apostle Paul. He is a, he is a, a wonderful example of consecration. Amen? And one of the things that the Apostle Paul said is he's like, uh, basically I'm going to give you the Jeff Michener paraphrase, but basically it was this. He's like, I don't know what to expect other than this, that in every place that I go, the Holy Spirit bears witness that I'm going to see trouble, that I'm going to have opposition. <laughs> If you don't think that's consecration to go forward into play, I mean, how would you like it if God came to you? And, and I know this kind of rubs against some of the, the modern day, you know, God, God wants everything flowery and nice for you and that everything is going to always just be happy and everything is going to be exciting and everything is going to be fun and you're going to be rich and you're going to be blessed everywhere you go and, and, and all you're going to do is smile the rest of your life. I know that that's a real popular thing to preach. Yeah. But, you know, uh, the Apostle Paul didn't get that message. Glory to God. He got, a, he got a message that was quite different than that. He said, everywhere you're going to go, you're going to follow me. But everywhere you're going to go, you're going to have trouble. Now, now, that doesn't mean that we have to expect gloom and doom for every day of our lives. Amen. But one of the things that the Apostle Paul did teach us about is this thing called consecration. This idea of consecrating ourselves before God and saying that even though that we're going to have opposition, we're going to consecrate ourselves. I've been finding that more and more. You know, there was a moment I went through, uh, you know, I had some attack physically going in down to those meetings and, and, and so I was kind of off for the first few days of them. Uh, and I don't mean off, like uh, you know, I just was off in my head and everything, you know, when things are attacking you, 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 you everything seems to be uh, kind of harder more difficult you know and so once I finally broke through that I started you know getting some good stuff and I really started realizing that there was uh, you, you know there were some things I had I started coming to realization that there were some things I had to consecrate myself on you know, sometimes the reason we don't get what we're trying, what we're after is because we haven't yet consecrated ourselves in an area. Now, let me say this. I've consecrated myself a million times in my mouth. Oh, I've done it. I've stood in front of group, whole groups of people and said, oh, I'll never do this. Oh, I'll always do this. And, you know, I, and I don't care what anyone says. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And, you know, this or that. And the other thing, glory to God. I say all kinds of, they claim all kinds of things like that. Amen. As you have as well. You said, you know, uh, by God, this is what I'm going to do. And, and so on and so forth. And then I, I get to the, to the place of actually walking it out. And sometimes I, I don't want to do it. You know, Lord, I, I, I mean, how many times have you gone to God in prayer? And I'm sure we have good-hearted people in here, so I'm sure that many of you, if not all of you, have done this. Lord, I'll do anything you ask me to. Have you ever prayed that? Lord, I'll do anything you ask me to. And then he asks you to do something. You're like, well, yeah, but I don't want to do that one. You know, I'll do anything but that one thing, you know. And, and so we have those moments. But you know something that I was blessed to find out? And this is where this heart of this message uh, uh, comes from. But, but, but Paul wasn't the only one that had to consecrate himself. 
And we're going to see that here as, as I preach the board. But let's go ahead and start over there in Proverbs. This is a good, uh, a good, uh, good jumping off point, I think. So uh, we'll go to Proverbs chapter 16 and we'll go to verse 1. Amen? Amen. Proverbs, in whom is he pleased? Remember, and of course you might recognize that phrasing somewhat, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, when uh, the Holy Spirit, after Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit descended on, on him and they heard a voice from heaven and said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, why was God well pleased with Jesus? You know, he wasn't just pleased with Jesus because he was Jesus. Now, God is pleased in, with you in the sense that he loves you and he wants to see good in your life and, and, and you don't have to do anything to make him love you. But you know, when the idea of being pleased is someone who is consecrated to him. You know, Jesus wasn't just Jesus here. Jesus came as God, but he came as, a, as God yielded to a man's body, a man's uh, uh, direction. He didn't do things here as God. In other words, he didn't do things with the full power of God. You know, he wasn't just uh, creating things and, you know, uh, you know, moving things. You know, he was, he, he followed the Lord specifically. And, and this is kind of a, you know, there's some debated uh, areas of this uh, with, with amongst humans, amongst, amongst Christians. And, uh, but the thing is, is that God, Jesus always yielded himself to the Father. And it's very important for us to note that. What did it mean that he yielded himself to the Father? It, mean that, it meant that he didn't just do what he could have done because he was God. He, he took time to separate himself, hear from God, and then do what God had told him to do. He separated himself in a way that, that, that he could listen to, listen to his Father tell him what to do. This was a really important thing he was doing as an example for us. Amen? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. And so here we see this in, in, in Proverbs 16.1. It says, The plans of, heart belong to, uh, plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. The plans of the heart belong to man. In other words, the plans that you, you know, come to us, they're in the, the, the heart of man. When, when, when we, we come up with ideas, we uh, you know, come up with a, a better way of doing things, I was actually thinking about this because I was thinking about how a lot of churches are run, you know, um, you know, all churches legally in the United States, if it's a, 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 a legal church, has to have a board of some sort. But there's different, uh, you know, those boards are built based on bylaws, bylaws of the organization and such, so on and so forth. And so, uh, uh, you know, all, all kinds of churches get run differently. Um, but one of uh, a popular, uh, and actually uh, uh, New York State is trying to uh, make this, because of certain reasons, but trying to make this more of the way it is, but a popular church method is to have a board of just the con whoever's in the congregation. So in other words, if you sit in a congregation, you get a vote on what gets done. Amen. And although the, the heart behind that is good, and, and I do understand that, there's, there, there's spiritual implication to that that can be very bad, and I've seen this over the years. What is that spiritual implication? Well, what that is, is when you allow anybody to be a voting member, you get what anybody's going to vote for, regardless of whether they're spiritual or not. So there's no requirement to spend time in the Word. There's no requirement to spend time in, in prayer. There's no t requirement to spend time seeking God. It's just whatever you feel at that moment, yeah. 
is what you ought to add to the, the situation. And when you get that, what you get is a lot of opinions of man. Amen? Now, there can be, you know, if we're taking up a, 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 you know, a, a poll on, on what, uh, what contractor should we hire to come in and, and, and plow the, the parking lot, you know, opinions can go a long ways. But we have to understand something about the plans of God. Opinions are no good when it comes to the plan of God. Opinions are great when you're painting the walls of your house. Opinions are great when you're picking out your car or your clothes. Opinions are great for a lot of things, even sometimes, uh, actually not sometimes, in, in voting. We all know this. We're all a product of people's opinions, whether they're right or wrong. And actually, a lot of politicians have learned that, that people are a product of opinion. So what do they do? They, they don't try to spread truth. They try to sway opinion. And when they sway opinion, when they get popular opinion, they get voted in. Well, how many know that that, try, that same thing happens in the churches as well? And what that is, is that's the devil getting in through unspiritual people. But what, the reason that I'm saying all this is because consecration is not something that can be based on opinion at all. Whether or not I consecrate myself and what I consecrate myself to can't be based in opinion. Because if I base it in opinion, I'm never going to have a standard that's higher than me. I'm always going to have my opinion. And it's the same thing with you. If we're follow, trying to follow the plan of God, but we're following it by our opinions, we're going to miss what God wants to do. People have wondered why the church doesn't have much power in it anymore. The reason the church doesn't have much power is because people are more interested in the opinions of man than they are the opinions of God. They're more interested in what man thinks. You know, it's like this. It's when we go to the scripture. It's, I, I preach against this all the time. And this is something I, I, I endeavor not to do. But there's a lot of people that go to Scripture to try to prove a point. Whenever you go to Scripture to try to prove a point, you're already doing it from the wrong standpoint. The only thing, if you want the accuracy of the word, and this is why there are so many different opinions on what's right and wrong. If you want accuracy in the word, you don't go to the word to back up what you're thinking or what you're trying to promote. You go to the word to find out what it says. Because if you look at the word from your, the opinion of your, uh, well, this is how I see it, praise the Lord, you're always going to see it wrong. Now, we're all going to do this somewhat, amen? I, and I don't know how I got in all this direction because I wasn't necessarily planning on going this way. But uh, I guess I wasn't really necessarily planning on going anyway other than the way that the Lord would lead me, amen? But, uh, uh, you know, there, there's so much for us to understand in this. We are only as effective as, our, as, we, uh, as we give ourselves and consecrate ourselves to the direction of the Lord. I've learned this being a pastor. I can't pastor based on my, my own opinions, my own ideas. If I would, we'd be doing things differently. If we would, we wouldn't be in this building. I can tell you that right now. Glory to God. Uh, if we would, I wouldn't be pastoring two churches anymore. Actually, if we would, you wouldn't even know me as pastor because I wouldn't be anywhere near here. Amen? Praise the Lord. I'd be somewhere else uh, enjoying nicer weather right now. Glory to God. I was thinking of my wife and I were in Pensacola. I was like, we could put a family church down here pretty easily. I think that we could. I mean, I don't know if anybody would come, but I could move down and do that really easily where there's nicer weather, glory to God. And so, uh, you know, but we don't want to do things by opinions. Um, but at the same time, we need to learn how to be spiritual people. But we're, we've, we find these things in our consecration. Now, I'm going to give you a little tidbit 
uh, before, well, no, do I say it now? I think I was going to write in my notes, don't say this too early. So I'm not going to say it too early. So you're just going to have to wait for it, amen? But the plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. In other words, what is, you know, you can plan anything you want in your heart, glory to God, but what God says about it is what stands. What God says about it is what's right. And this is a, you know, there, there's a big thing in all this. One of the big things is that people, they so, so many times they try to import themselves into the church. Now we will, as we come to church, there will be giftings that we bring. There's something you bring I can't bring. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm glad my wife was excited about that, but uh, the truth is it applies to all of you. And so you should all be excited that there's something you bring to the church that there isn't anybody else in here that can bring. Do you know that? Praise the Lord. But that doesn't mean that you bring everything. <laughs> there's something I bring to this church that you can't bring. And when we understand that about each other, it's going to be a lot easier for us to start figuring out what those things are and submitting to those things. See, people don't like that word submission anymore. And the reason they don't like it is because it's been manipulated. One of the things I've been learning a lot about because I've been studying it is a thing called spiritual manipulation. Do you know what spiritual manipulation is? Spiritual manipulation is where somebody stands there and says, I'm more spiritual than you, so you basically, so you have to listen to me in everything. You know, uh, a lot of times uh, there's, there's, there's people that have taken scriptures out of context, and that's how they always back these kinds of things up. And this is how they always promote themselves. Well, this happens in households, too. There's husbands that say, well, you know, we're Christian, and, and, and I'm the head of the household, and so you need to listen and submit to me. Well, yes, there's a truth that the wife should submit to the husband, but there's also a truth that the husband should submit to the wife. Yeah. Amen. What do we submit to each other in? We submit to each other in those things which we are supposed to submit to each other in. Yeah. Just like in the church. You're supposed to submit to me, and I'm supposed to submit to you. Yeah. Glory to God. But that doesn't mean that we necessarily rule over each other or anything like that. It means what we do is we recognize that each of us has a gifting. We bring the gift that we bring, and if we don't know what that is, we, we seek to allow it to be, uh, to, to, to be discovered and to be uh, brought to the forefront and to bubble up. Because, listen, I, I want to know just as much as you do what you're called to. Yeah. You know why I want to know? Because I recognize that there's something in you that I don't have, even if I don't know what that is. Yeah. I want to find out what that is. Why? Because I want to be complete. And I can't be complete without your part of the puzzle. Yeah. And you can't be complete without my part of the puzzle. Now, if you don't like any of this, take it up with Jesus because he's the one who set it up. <laughs> Amen? Praise the Lord. And if Jesus set it up, I guess, uh, I, I, I guess uh, you know, you might get his ear. I don't know for how long. Amen? But I think he knows what he's doing. He has a plan. He has a purpose. But we need to understand that, you know, our, our personalities will drive us in certain directions. You know, as I said at the onset of the service, not even realizing that it ties in, but it really does. You know, we're a product of how we've been raised. Things that have been put into us. Certainly we do things that, that, that reflect our upbringing, both good and bad. Amen. And so sometimes when we try to bring those, those things to spiritual uh, ideas or, or, or to the plan of God, we can get confused a little bit. We can get misled a little bit. We can get off in a direction that we're not supposed to go. Amen? And, uh, you, you know, also, we see it like this. I, I, I heard this analogy a lot, and I like to share it. There is an importance to having leadership in different areas. 
You know, I, found, I, I was saying this to my wife this week, you know, you can have a leader of a company, and if there's a good CEO of a company, they'll listen to the people that are under them. Yeah. Just as there's a pastor that is a good pastor, they're going to listen to the people that are under them. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I said they're going to listen to the people that are under them. Yeah. Guess what? I don't know everything. I know that surprises you. <laughs> and neither do those who are over me. Yeah, right. Those are over you. None of us has all the, all the bits. God didn't give us all the bits. He gave Jesus all the bits, but Jesus was deserving all the bits. He did, did well with it. Amen? You know what Jesus did with all the bits? He submitted them and consecrated them continually. He, didn't, God, he could have done anything he wanted. He could have come here and said, I'm Jesus. Do what I say. He could have commanded. I mean, he, 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 he said you can move the mountains with your words, and he believed it. Right? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. He cursed the fig tree, right? He knew when he cursed it. He wasn't surprised when they came back. Everybody else was, but he wasn't surprised. Jesus consecrated himself. He yielded himself to something greater, which is the plan of God. Amen? And this is what we're all called to do. Now, we're going to be looking at the life of Jesus, or two parts of the life of Jesus. Actually, we're going to look at some, some consecration. Amen? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. I really want to tell you that thing, amen? But I just can't tell you yet because it's down there in my notes. So we're going to turn to John. Praise God. Hallelujah. No, I'm going the wrong way. There's John. John 12, verse 23. Praise the Lord. John 12, 23. Now... This is some, I don't know the exact timeline, but this is sometime before he went into the garden. Now, we all know when Jesus went into the garden. We're going to go there in a minute. We're not going to the garden. We're going to go to the scripture. It talks about the garden. But we're going to go to the garden in a minute. Um, but uh, uh, we need to understand, and I was surprised to find this, to be honest with you. Actually, the reason that I found this wasn't planned at all. I didn't, I, I didn't even remember this set of scriptures and saying these things this way. Um, but the Lord, uh, as I was seeking God to finish the message, um, the, the Lord was stirring this idea of purpose in me. Purpose, that's the word. And he had me look up that word purpose. And as I was going down through the words where how many times purpose is used, glory to God, because you know purpose is an important thing. I said purpose, not porpoise. Right? You know the difference, right? Purpose is what you're made to do. A porpoise is a dolphin. It's a fish, an a mammal. A fish, ma a mammal. Well, praise God. Glory to God. Purpose. We, uh, uh, the Lord was, always leads us according to purpose. You have a purpose for being here. Do you know that? You're sitting here tonight. However you were led, however you got here doesn't really matter. The fact is, now you have purpose. Glory to God. If you've been called to something, you've been called there for purpose. You know, I found, find a lot of times purpose is easy to find if you're looking for it. If you're hungry, purpose is easy to find. Yeah. Following through with purpose, on the other hand, takes consecration. Yeah. See, purpose is easy to find. You can know what your purpose is, but following through with it. It's just like, you know, there's been some places I've been in recent times. Some places, let's just say it this way. There's some places I've been by purpose. Yeah. I was purposed to be there. God purposed me to be there. Amen. But when I got there, I was like, you know, I want to leave this now. And God said, that that's not my purpose. That's your plans. That's in your heart or in your mind. But that's not my plan. Right. 
Glory to God. So God led me here by purpose, on purpose, for purpose. Praise the Lord. John 12, 23. And this is before the garden, sometime before Jesus got to the garden. And Jesus answered them saying, "Look, and I want you to see this, this is very important. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. This isn't the part I was telling you that I didn't know he had said before. This actually, the next first part, I remember him saying, but it was the connection to the garden that's in here. Amen. Um, and Jesus answered them saying, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. He who loves his life loses it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it to, eternal, to life eternal. Now, I remember that, right? <clears throat> but, uh, and I remember the next part. Uh, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. But now this is the part that I didn't remember being in there, and this connects it with the garden. Now my soul has become troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. Or save me, it's a question. Save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. Amen? I want to jump back there a little bit. <clears throat> because we see that, that's exactly what Jesus, or very similar to what Jesus said in the garden, right? We're going to get to that in a minute. Um, but I want you to see what he said just before this. He said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a, gr uh, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. What does this have to do with purpose? What does this have to do with what's going on? You know, of course, you could look and say, well, is this, this is a, 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 you know, a reflection forward to the, the cross that Jesus was going to die and he was going to bear much fruit. And, and yes, that's true. There's, I mean, there's parallels you could draw there and, and you can get that out of there. But there's a, there, there's a greater uh, thing that's being said here because this is something, oh, Father, can I tell them now? This is like something I really want to get to. And I know I'm building it up and hyping it up and I might get there and you might be, well, that wasn't that great, but it was profound to me. Amen. Jesus is saying, unless it dies, and what he's talking about is this. He's saying, unless you, he goes on, unless you die to yourself. Yeah. Amen? Unless you die to your desire. Unless you die to your wants and to your, 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 your plans, your, your uh, ideas of what you want. To, unless, you, unless something dies into that, it can't produce more. Yeah. Amen? See, God wants to do something in all of us. What that is, is, is between you and God. I mean, it does affect all of us, but, but what God is going to do in all of us, you have to discover what God wants to do in you. Uh, some people, it's going to be preach pulpits. Some people, it's going to work their, their normal job for the rest of their life, and they're just going to reach people from there and, and other things. They'll just be a faithful church member and stuff. There's all kinds. Uh, 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 there's a huge spectrum on what God will do in us, and we need to know each one of us. But here's the truth that we need to understand. Unless we die to us, we're never going to see what he has for us. And that's exactly what Jesus was dealing with here. He was saying, and he goes on to say there that uh, my soul has become troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? 
In other words, take this from me. This is, this is what I've been, he said, this is what I've been called forth to do. And they still didn't understand fully what Jesus was, was called to do. They still didn't get what Jesus was here to do. And Jesus was saying, but, but you see, Jesus knew. And he said something there that's quite interesting. He said, my soul is troubled. My soul is troubled. You see, the, the Bible tells us, it teaches us that we are, we basically, we're a three-part being, and I believe that. We're a body, we're a spirit, and we have a soul, which is a mind, glory to God. Uh, our mind, intellect, our will, and our emotions, it's, it, it's basically our character, what makes us us. That when, when you interact with me, you, you see my soul. When I interact with you, I see your soul, glory to God. Some of the times, the things we fall in love with with people is their soul, and the things that we hate is their soul. Their soul isn't their spirit. There's two different things there. The spirit of the man is a thing that's going to be born again or that, that can be born again. Your, your soul can't be born again. Your soul can only be renewed and then transformed when it's renewed. Amen? This is a problem, though, when people reject the, the, the truth of the word, when they reject what the Bible teaches us to do. When they reject those things, what they do is they keep their mind in a place of being unrenewed and therefore untransformed. And so then it never gets into the fullness of what the Spirit is crying out for. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We don't want to be those people. But notice what Jesus said. He said, my soul has become troubled. My soul has become troubled. My mind, his spirit. You know, Jesus told Peter, right? The, the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The flesh fights it. The mind will fight what you need to do. The mind will fight what God wants you to do. Because that's what the mind does. That's, it, it wants to always go back to that sin nature. It's drawn backwards into that all the time. And until you decide that you're going to overcome that thing, yeah. praise the Lord, you never will. You know, I was a person who dealt with a lot of depression. Not just depression, but severe anxiety. I, I would have panic attacks that, that, that often would end up into, uh, literally into nervous breakdowns. I was hospitalized twice in a mental hospital, a mental institution, because of these type of things. I got to a place where I could barely go into public. I would go into public and I would have nervous breakdowns. I would start freaking out. I would have things happen to me. One time I, 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 I was out walking my dog in the night, just taking him out to, to, to go to the bathroom, and, and I I, 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 and because of the, the situation that I was in or whatever, all of a sudden this, this anxiety, extreme anxiety came on me. And by the time I got from the front, the street, the front of, of my house to the, to the inside of my house, I fell on my knees because my entire, my entire skin was crawling. My, my mind was so tormented and I was so upset and I couldn't, I, I, I didn't even know what to do. I felt like I was dying on the inside. And I remember talking to a psychiatrist about this when he was determining on whether he was going to put me on the good meds or not. And I was talking to him about this, and as I was talking to him about this, this episode that I have, I was explaining it to him, I started fading out. I wasn't on any drugs. I wasn't on any kind of, uh, 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 you know, any kind of mind-altering thing at the time. I was just sitting there in my chair, and I was talking to him, and I got to the place where I was starting to pass out, and I remember him saying to me, Jeff, 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 are you with me? Are you okay? Are you okay? 
calling me back because I was passing out. That, that's the kind of torment that I was under. And I was under that increasingly. I got to the place where I stopped going out into public places. In fact, today, there are days where it still tries to get on me. There's days where I, uh, uh, there's days where I would, I would sit. Uh, uh, one time I was going to a coffee shop that I go to often. I was going to this coffee shop, and all of a sudden, this, this fear just gripped me, and it grabbed onto me and tried to keep me from going on, and I drove by the place, and then I drove by it again, and then I pulled over, and I parked, and finally, I was like, this is ridiculous, because I've been, my mind's been renewed, and so I know how to conquer it and how to deal with it, but you understand, I'm not talking about somebody who was just a little bit sad. I'm not talking about somebody who was just a little bit de depressed. I was tormented in the way that I thought. Because I didn't think right, because I didn't have that renewed mind. But having, uh, going through this process of consecrating myself to God and learning this, one of the things that I learned is that God can get me out of any of these things. And I believe that he can get anybody out of these things. Amen. I dealt with those types of things for years. Yeah. Praise the Lord. And I don't know why I share that uh, 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 with you other than the fact that Jesus was talking about his soul being troubled. And I know what it's like to have a troubled soul. Yeah. I know what it's like to have a troubled mind and to not want to do something. In fact, there was this moment I was starting to tell you when I was down there in Pensacola. It was the last night of the meetings. And I went out, I went out on the patio just before the meetings. My wife and I go down early and, and to fellowship and stuff. And I went out on the patio. And I knew what it is that I had to do for some things in my future. <clears throat> and I know that I didn't want to do them. I said I knew what I have to do but I knew that I didn't want to do them. But I know that the only way forward in God is to consecrate yourself. And so even though my mind was troubled, even though my soul was troubled, even though I was bothered by these things, I looked up to heaven and I said, Lord, I consecrate myself again to you. And I'm going to share with you the thing that the Lord shared with me. And it's this. Jesus didn't consecrate himself in the garden or, or before the garden. He consecrated himself in the garden. And that's where we're going next. We're going to be going to the garden. But the thing is, is that we see here Jesus consecrate himself. But the thing is, is that he wasn't fully consecrated, not until that place of facing the opportunity where he had to. And the reason that this comes up is because we need to understand we can say whatever we want to say and mean it. We can believe it. We can be assured of it. But when you stand in front of the situation, that's the moment where you truly have to decide. Right. Amen? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Turn with me to Luke. We're going to go to Luke 22. Praise God. Luke 22. Praise the Lord. Now, when I say Jesus didn't consecrate himself before, I don't mean that Jesus never consecrated, was never consecrated. That's not what I'm saying. Jesus wasn't walking around being unconsecrated. The point that I'm trying to bring up and the thing I'm trying to bring to your attention is that, that Jesus, what, what we see in the life of Jesus is we see this, 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 this man who walked these things out, glory to God, and in each step that he took, he made the decision of what he had to do or whether or not he was going to do what he had to do. It's not that he made the decision and that he came up with the idea, but he followed the Lord 
And he got to the place where each time that the Lord led him, he consecrated himself. Jesus did consecrate himself back there in John, what we just read. He did consecrate himself because he was saying, this is what I've come for. He still went to the garden. But you understand, even when he got to the garden, he hadn't completed the task. In fact, we see that Jesus said, you know, we see later on that Jesus said, it is finished. Now, there's a lot of ideas of what that means. But what I believe that means, and we could have a discussion about this if you disagree, but what I believe that means is that he had done what he needed to do here on earth. That he had finished that task. He didn't call for the angels. He didn't to, to come pull him off the, off the, off the cross. He, he, he didn't insist on, his, on the power of God taking him before he, the death was finished. That Jesus went through the process of consecration up until the point of fulfilling what he was called to do. See, what you're called to do isn't about this thing somewhere in the future. So often we look at it like that. So often we're looking down the road and we're saying, we're saying that's what I'm called to. In fact, growing up in these churches, that was kind of a, a popular thing. You know, it, it, people that were uh, thought that they were called to ministry, right? And so that's what we did, and we see this thing. In fact, I used to have this guy that would come into Mayville, and he would tell me all the time, he would tell me, I'm called to pastor. I'm like, well, great, I don't know what you want me to do with that. But, you know, he, he, that's what he would tell me all the time. That's between you and God. I'm called to this, I'm called to that. Listen, it doesn't matter what you're called to someday down the road. All that matters is what you're called to do right now. All that matters is what God is calling on you. Are you faithful where God has placed you currently? And what I'm talking about is not, are you faithful to a man? Are you faithful to an idea? Are you faithful to what God is calling you to right now? So many Christians can't even tell you what God is calling them to right now. And if you can't tell what God is calling you to right now, then to forget about anything in the future. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Well, Luke 22, verses 39 through 44, says, And he came out and proceeded. Uh, am, I, am, I, am I in here? Yeah. Yes. And he came out and proceeded, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives. And his disciples also followed him. And when he arrived at, that, at the place, he said to them, Pray that you, may not, uh, that you may not enter into temptation. Now, I want to share something with you. Because I saw this for the first time this way. I discussed it with my wife. She agreed. And so, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, God be true. Right? Because her and I agreed on it. Well, uh, but, but I believe this. You know, a lot of times people say, uh, you know, they, they look at this as, as pray that you may not, uh, uh, you know, pray against the temptation. Pray so you don't enter into temptation. But I fully believe that what Jesus was telling them is pray, in other words, seek God to keep yourself out of temptation. You know, get before the Lord because that's what he was there to do. Jesus wasn't there. Jesus wasn't praying, uh, you know, Lord, don't lead me into temptation. He was praying to be able to be strengthened to consecrate himself. What he was instructing his disciples to do was the same thing. Pray. Seek the Lord. That's what pray. You know, when we say pray, we, 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 can, we can muck up prayer real easy. You know that? I've heard prayer mucked up so many times, people don't even know what prayer is anymore. Prayer is simple. It's communication between you and God. That's what prayer is. Keep it there and leave it there. 
communicate. Find out new ways to communicate with them, fine. Find out a million ways to communicate with them, fine. I have no issue with that. But keep prayer simple. Prayer is simple. It's communicating with God. It's seeking the Lord. That's literally what it means. It means that when you pray, what you're doing is you're petitioning to God. You're looking to Him to speak to Him about something. Now, it doesn't say what to pray about, but He was saying pray so that you won't enter into temptation. In other words, seek the Lord for your knowledge. See, so many people go with this life, they don't even know what they're doing. They just run at it, and they run into things, and they think, well, it might have been God's blessing, or it might not have been. A lot of times, have you heard this before? Somebody was so sure something was God's blessing, they turn around, found out it wasn't. Oh, I guess I would have just missed it. But then they keep running at things like that. Life isn't supposed to be accidental. Not for a Christian. It's supposed to be planned and purposeful. When I mean plan, not your plans, his plans. He's got a plan for you. Amen? And if he's got a plan for you, you can walk in it. Because God doesn't have a plan for you that you can't get to. He's not holding it over you like the carrot on the donkey. You know what I'm talk talking about? Always keep it just out of reach. God's plan isn't a carrot. God's plan feeds us. It equips us. It's the grace. Actually, that word, uh, 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 that word, uh, the word in the Greek for gift is literally the word charisma. Yeah. Amen? I like that. That's the word in the Greek. Of course, that's where we get the word charisma, right? Yeah. But that's what it is. It's that flavor, hallelujah, that makes life good. It's not something that's just dangling out there. But see, Christians, they, they're, they're, just, they're just grasping at straws. They're running around like, I, I don't know what to do. This is why, you know, we, we've, I've seen, and I've heard both sides of the gamut preach. People preach against church hopping, and I don't agree with church hopping. Church hopping is foolish, it's stupid. It ends in disaster every single time. But that doesn't mean you can't ever leave a church either. You know, we have to, but we have to be people that aren't so wishy-washy that we're moved every single time we have a bad day or we get a little heartburn or gas or something. You know, people do that. They get a little gas and they're like, oh, it must be God moving on me, so I got to go somewhere else now and do something else, or life is always in chaos. How do you know? How do you know that you're not on the right path? Well, if your life is always chaos, you're probably not on the right path. Because God's plan isn't chaos, it's peace, it's direction, it's surety, it's stability. Do you know why my life is blessed? Because I follow God. Do you know why my life is stable? I was one of the most unstable people I know. You know, why it's a, uh, you know why it's stable now? Because I follow God. It's nothing I do. I can't, I can't figure it out. In fact, every time I start getting in my own plans and get my own ways, praise the Lord, it starts getting unstable again. Amen? So I just got to get back to God's plan. Praise the Lord. But he's saying pray, uh, uh, seek the Lord that you may not enter so that you don't enter into temptation. So you don't get trapped, tripped up by it. Amen? Praise God. Do you know what I've noticed? To go along with this, this is just a personal, personal thing I've noticed. Every time I start getting into a period of time where I'm really distracted by something, every time, every time I start getting distracted, I find myself fumbling around. I find, my, find myself stumbling around. I find myself not completely knowing. If I'm, if I'm fumbling around, it's a sure indication it's time to seek the Lord. Amen? Praise the Lord. Sometimes we don't want to. Sometimes we don't want, we don't want to do what we, uh, you know, but it's not seeking him because it's some obligation to pray. It's seeking him because he wants to show us things. Amen? Amen. Praise Jesus. Where am I? Uh, verse 41 and he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and began to pray. 
saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Now an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him. Amen. And being in agony, he was praying very fervently, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling down upon the ground. So here we see, um, and, 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 and you know, again, other arguments. We don't need to argue about what it is. You see, so many people, can you really sweat blood? So many people argue stuff like that, they missed the whole point of what was going on. Jesus was in agony is what it was telling us. Doesn't matter if it was blood or not. It said it was like blood. So if it got to the point where it was like blood vessels were popping, if it was like that, even if it wasn't that, it's still pretty serious. Again, people get tripped up over the wrong thing. People are always asking the wrong questions. They're focused on the wrong things. We don't need to, listen, if, if, if it wanted us to know exactly what it looked like, exactly what it was, it would have given us, God would have given us a very specific description of exactly what it was. Praise the Lord. But he didn't. He said it was like great drops of blood. He was in agony, and that's the point. Jesus, God in the flesh, God with us, hallelujah, Amen. praise the Lord, was in agony. And he was in agony over the plan of God. He knew what he had to do. In fact, it was his purpose for being here. He knew it was his purpose. And if you don't believe me, just go back and read John 12 again. Because John 12 said, this is the purpose for which I came forth. This is why I came. This is what this hour is all about. This is why I'm here. Amen. And here he is at that, that moment, and he don't want to do it. Everything in his flesh is screaming no, because he knows what it's going to entail. He knows what's going to be ahead of him. He knows that it's going to be painful. See, whatever Jesus did up until this point, whatever he did, I'm going to tell you something that may shock you. You ready? Praise the Lord. If you got a toupee, hold it down. Hallelujah, because here it comes. <clears throat> Everything that Jesus did up until this point would have meant nothing if he hadn't completed this task. Doesn't matter how much, he, how much he had walked on water, how many dead people he had raised, how many blind eyes he had opened, how many ears he had opened. All of those things would have been for naught if he didn't do this one thing. Praise the Lord. Jesus didn't consecrate himself before the garden. He consecrated himself in the garden. He consecrated himself when it was hard. Now listen, I'm not telling you that it's a, it, it's a, uh, it, it's a bad thing to spend time, you know, uh, with some lip service, talking yourself into it real good. You know what I mean? I'm going to do this thing, man. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. By God, I'm going to do it. Sure. Praise the Lord. You know how many things I've had to do that with? Yeah. I spent years doing some of those things. I think I may be close to conquering some of the things that probably 10 years ago I started saying, I'm going to do it. I started doing it. Even when it didn't look like I was going to do it, I said I was going to do it. Now, what was I doing? I was talking to myself. I was hyping myself. But see, the moment still came when I had to choose to do it. And that's, a, that's the same thing with all of us. We're going to have those moments in life. Consecration comes when we know what it is we have to do. It doesn't matter what you did before. It doesn't matter how many times you consecrated before. Because if they're not taking you into the plan of God, God's got a plan for us as long as we're here. And if they doesn't, don't take you continually towards that place, then the consecration before didn't mean much. Amen? Praise the Lord. The pressure, all hell was just being poured out on Jesus in his mind. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been to a place where, you, where, 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 where something was so stressful you just didn't know what else to do? Yeah. Praise the Lord. 
That's exactly what Jesus was. The Bible tells us that he was in all points tempted as we were, as we are. Jesus understood our agony. He had to, to go through what he did. He had to, to be our savior. Praise the Lord. All points, he understood what we go through. He understood those hard things. God isn't asking us to do hard things because uh, he, isn't, he, he, he isn't asking us to do hard things because he wants to see how much, how much, uh, how much we can take. Right. He's not asking us to do hard things because he wants to see, uh, you, you know, just how strong we are. Right. Do you understand that? Unless it falls to the earth and dies, it won't produce fruit. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. See, when you die in consecration to that which you're called to do, praise God, then God can produce much fruit in your life. And that's what he wants to do. See, in everybody's mind at this time, when Jesus went to the cross, I mean, still at this point, the disciples still didn't get it. They still didn't understand it. And then even when he's on the cross, they still didn't understand it. And even when he comes back from the dead, they still didn't understand it. He had explained it to them. Praise the Lord. Even in those points, they still didn't understand it. But God brought, was bringing them to a place. See, God saw the beginning or the end from the beginning. He knew that this death was not going to be just the end of Jesus. He knew that this end or this death wasn't the, the, this hard, hardship he had to go through. And he didn't go through the hardship because God was so, so uh, mad and so angry that he just wanted to, to, to put you know, pain on Jesus. That's not what it was about. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> he went through it because he had to go through it to bring us along with him. He went through it because he had to get through it to bring us along with him. Because nobody could get there except for him. See, sometimes God's got things for us to do. And brothers and sisters, if you've got a gift, there's stuff that's in you that nobody else in here can bring. There's stuff that's in you that nobody else out there in the world can bring. And the only way we're going to partake of that gift that God has placed on the inside of you, that thing which he's calling you toward, the only way we get to partake of that, the only way the world gets to partake of that is if you'll be willing to consecrate yourself. Praise the Lord. A good mother knows how to consecrate herself for her children. What does she do? She sacrifices. She sacrifices. She sacrifices. We've told our kids many times over the years, fathers can do this as well, but we've told our kids many times over the years, you won't understand until you have children. There's some things you just can't understand until you have that place where you have to let it go. You know, when you have that place where you have to die to yourself for the greater good. And see, God is calling us to these things, but brothers and sisters, it's not just what we say. We can say what we want to say. But it's what we do when we're standing in the garden. It's what we do when we're sweating great drops of blood. It's what we do when we, we have all hell bearing down on us. But we know the direction we have to go. What is it we have to do? What is it we want to do? Praise the Lord. Jesus didn't consecrate himself before the garden. He consecrated himself in the garden. Consecration to the plan of God is not one and done. We have to understand this. Many people say it because they know it's the right thing to say, but they won't mean it when it comes to the follow-through. I don't know how many times as a pastor I've been told over the years, Pastor, let me do this, let me do that. 
And it's not, they just haven't done it. What does it mean? It means whoever said it didn't consecrate themselves. And I'm not saying that to be mean towards people or whatever, but I've just gotten kind of used to it over the years, that that's something that happens a lot. People will promise big things. I'll do this, I'll do that. Actually, we had a guy that promised us, he came to us in the Mayville Church one time, and he came up to me and he said, Pastor, he's like, I want to know about this quarry work that you're doing because I want to, I want to sow into it. I'm going to be sowing every month to it. I'm like, well, praise the Lord. He's not even in the church today. He, made a, he was consecrated, consecrating himself, but he never followed through. There's no consecration in that. You know, we've seen money come, we've seen money go, but you know what I've found? We've seen people come and people go, but you know what I've found? If it's the plan of God, he keeps it going right along. Praise the Lord. I just want to be a faithful vessel he uses in the, in the process, as you should want to be too. Amen? And whatever God has called us to, you understand. But, 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 you know, people have promised great things and you haven't seen it come to pass, and I've seen people have promised nothing and brought a lot. Amen? Glory to God. Consecration to the plan of God is not one and done. It's not just saying it one time and thinking that you've done it. <clears throat> Amen? Just because you know it's right doesn't mean you're going to do it. Praise the Lord. Ephesians 5, 8. I'm just going to be honest with you. You know, I, I, I knew that the Lord was stirring something in me. You know, and I don't take credit for anything, um, anything good that comes out. I'll take all the credit for the bad stuff. So if there's bad stuff, I'll take all the credit for it. I don't mind. Amen. But I, I, I don't take credit for the good stuff that comes out because I'm, I'm not foolish enough to believe that I can do this on my own. In fact, I know I can't. But I'm just telling you right now that there has been more revelation. Even as I preach this message, it's even better than I thought it was. And the reason is, again, is not because I come up with it, but because the word of God is so pure, so good. And the transforming power of the word of God is so good for us. This is something people need to hear. This is something the church needs to hear. Not just this church, the church. The church in general, amen? Praise God. Because this, this, this world today knows nothing about consecration. Praise the Lord. I said it knows nothing about consecration. Consecration is doing it because it's right, not because you want to. Amen. Do you know there's a lot? I could list, I, I could list, I could list things and shame people, even in this room today. I'm not going to do it, but I could, I, I could list things and just show you that it's not consecration. We need to be people that are consecrated. And I'm telling you, I include myself in that. I shame myself along with everybody else. Amen. Praise the Lord. We want, God has called us to be a consecrated people. Ephesians 5.8. Praise the Lord. For you were formerly darkness. Formerly. Christians, stop justifying why you live in sin. Stop justifying why, you, why, you, why it's okay to be wrong. Stop justifying actions that you know are not godly actions. You know, when you talk to somebody, think about it. Is that the way that you would talk to Jesus? Or would you talk to, uh, is that the way you would talk in front of Jesus? Think about that next time you get in an argument with your spouse. This helps, this helps our marriage a lot. Amen? It does. Praise the Lord, because God reminds me of this stuff all the time. You know, I'm, I'm a hard head. I want to, you know, we know all that. We all know that. Praise God. It's been said about me a few times. Guess, but um, uh, but uh, uh, <laughs> uh, praise the Lord. Um, but, uh, you, you know, there's, uh, I, I, I can want my own way just like you want your own way and think that I'm going to figure it out or think I'm going to do it. But see, that's it's just not the truth. Sometimes you just miss it, right? Praise the Lord. Would I take this before Jesus? Would I speak to the Lord that way? Would I do this thing? You know, uh, praise God in the church. I think about this as a pastor all the time. 
Think about the things I do. I'm going to answer. I, I think about things like this. Whenever I do something that has to do with the church, I'll, I'll tell you one of the number one things. When I use church finances, one of the number one things that I consider every time is what, how am I going to look when I stand before the Lord? That helps me try, want to try to be perfect. In, in, now, I probably won't be. You know, there will probably be areas I miss it in. But you understand, if I, if I make a decision or something like that, if I, uh, you know, you know, if I spend church money on something, if I, if I, you know, whatever, you understand. And we have, you know, there's a board that we submit to and stuff like that. But I don't just think about it for, for big things that the board would cover. You know, there's a certain amount of money usually that you're allowed to spend without, before you have to get board approval, so to speak. Um, but even in the little things, like little things. Things. Uh, but not just uh, not just in, in in things like for the church, but things in my own life as well. I consider every uh, all these little things. You know, you, you know, how is this a reflection of, of who I am, who Christ is being made me to be? I, I I try to bring Jesus into my everyday life, into my everyday scenarios. I'm not saying I do it perfectly. I'm not even saying I do it well, but I try to. Glory to God. You know what I mean? Like we, but see, there's, there's a thing in Christianity where it's just like, oh, you can just forget about all that. Just because of freedom, you just go do whatever. Listen, you think that way? You're, you're on a sure path of destruction and not the plan of God. In fact, you don't even know God. Yeah, I'm telling you this right now. Christians that can openly sin, yeah. praise the Lord, with no conviction. No real conviction. And then I mean conviction. Like when I know I'm doing something wrong and I'm having a hard time stopping, you know, I go before the Lord and I'm like, I'm like, I'm so like, I feel like garbage yeah. going before the Lord. I'm like, Lord, I got to get this right. I just can't do it. You know, understand? But I don't sit there and justify it and sit there and go, well, well, so-and-so did it so I can do it. Do you know there's a lot of things I've even seen other ministers do, people I respect, people I honor, but the Lord, uh, the, but my, my, my conscience won't let me do that. I can't stand before the Lord and say, well, so-and-so did it. You know what I mean? Well, my wife did it. Why can't I do it? You know what I mean? That, that doesn't fly with God. Amen? Look, at you were formerly of darkness, but now you're a light in the Lord. So walk as children of the light. Walk as children of the light. It's an easy thing. What is children of the light? We're looking to the light all the time. What does this have to do with consecration? Literally everything. Everything. This is what consecration is. It's looking to the light and saying, yes, that light is blinding. That light is bright. That light is intense. But that light is where I need to go. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Follow the light. <laughs> Follow the light. Glory to God. And it says here, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. I'm going to try to live good. I'm going to try to live righteous. And I'm going to try to live in truth. It kind of looks like the fruits of the Spirit. I don't know. Amen? <clears throat> Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. See, I haven't decided in my heart what's pleasing to God. I'm trying to learn. In everything I do, what does that mean? Like, yeah, yeah, does God please I come to church? Yeah, he's pleased I come to church, of course. Is he pleased when you open your Bible? Of course, that's easy. It's basic stuff. I'm talking about when I live my everyday life. When I, you know, when I'm, when I'm sitting there watching a video, is God, ple is God pleased with me? What's pleasing to God? Is he, you know, God's blessed. Do you know this? God is blessed sometimes when you do something that you just wanted to do. I said God is blessed sometimes when you just do something you want to do. You know, I've been on the beach before, on a vacation, seeing wonderful things, and I know God's blessed by it. Praise the Lord. I have complete peace in my spirit. I know where I'm at is where I'm supposed to be. There's nothing wrong with that. Amen? 
But there's a lot of times if we would ask ourselves, the Lord please. And what I mean, what does it mean to ask the Lord if the Lord's pleased with something? It's consecrating yourself. Lord, do you actually, no, like actually asking him. Not, to, oh, I can justify it by this scripture and that scripture and this scripture and that scripture. But when was the last time you actually asked the Lord? Lord, is there something you want me to do here? Lord, what is it you have for me to do? Lord, how much do you want me to give? Lord, do you want me to give to this person or that person? Lord, what do you want me to do with this? Lord, how do you want me to respond to this? Lord, what, what job do you want to take? Lord, what church do you want me to be in? Lord, what purpose do you have me to be in that church? Lord, what people do you want me to submit to? Lord, what people do you want me to be good to? Lord, what do you want me to do here or there, this and that? You understand, that's consecration. See, we think that consecration is only for major things, but it's in the little things. If we don't learn to consecrate ourselves in little things, right. we'll never consecrate in big things. Yeah. Praise the Lord. We'll never get to the garden. Jesus got to the garden because of the little consecrations. He got through the gar garden because of his ultimate consecration. Amen? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Stop trying to be somebody or something. Start with, how do I please God right now? Amen? How do I please God right now? Lord, how do I please you? Are you happy with this? Do you ever ask the Lord that? Lord, are you happy with my prayer life? Are you happy with as much as I read the word? <clears throat> you know how many times I've been in a conversation and directly afterwards sensed that God didn't like it? Wow, yeah. Oh, yeah. Talking about good godly things. But the way that I said that, he didn't like that. Right. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. The way I spoke to this person or that person. If, if, if you didn't hear my, my last week message from, from Mayville, I'm about to preach on love. Talk about, you know, how love doesn't behave rudely. That's unbecomingly, if you, if you want the translation. Praise the Lord. I can't even remember what it was. I said something to my wife. Said something snarky or whatever. Went in to use the bathroom. Praise the Lord. We have a small bathroom. You know, I can reach the door from the toilet. <laughs> Well, I can't. It's a small bathroom. My wife's sitting out there blow-drying her hair, and I open the door. I was like, hey, that was rude. I'm sorry. See, God, see, if you live a life of consecration where you endeavor to consecrate, I'm not saying I'm the perfect consecration, you understand, but I'm just saying I try like crazy, amen? Praise the Lord. So if you live like that, you, you can't even, sometimes you can't even say dumb things to your wife and not have to apologize for it. Well, praise the Lord. Glory to God. It'll help you. It'll help you with walking through this navigating life, amen?